0: Hey, it's Katie. And Alana.
1: And we're back for another episode of the Black and Yellow Podcast. Woo-hoo! What up, y'all? Welcome back, Black and Yellow Nation, to another episode of the show. And more importantly, happy Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And (laughs) I think you're going to have a double woo coming up because also this applies, (laughs) happy early Mother's Day to all the mamas out there. Is it your first Mother's Day? It is my first Mother's Day. How are you feeling? Are you getting excited?
0: I don't know, because I don't know what to expect. I've never mm. celebrated it for me before, so I don't know what I should be, you know, Ooh. expecting, feeling, thinking about. I don't know.
1: We I'll will circle back. After. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, we'll circle back, because I'm curious, too. I have a friend who's pregnant, too, and I'm, I'm sending her Mother's Day mm. gift, and she's like, but I'm not a mother yet. I'm like, girl, you are cooking that baby. You are absolutely <laughs> a mother. So I'm excited to know how your first Mother's Day went.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely mention it on the podcast,
1: please. Um, so all of our episodes this month will center around Asian American and Pacific Islanders. Perhaps that was a given, but if it's if it was not clear, I thought, why not mention it? Uh, there's a yeah. ton of different ways to celebrate, and there's a lot to be celebrated. So, Katie, yes. how are you celebrating?
0: Um, So the idea of celebrating didn't really occur to me <laughs> today, <laughs> but um, I have unconsciously been celebrating, I will tell you. Um, for whatever reason, I decided to go on a Korean media binge recently, like in the past Ooh. week or so up through now. I don't know why. I just was like, oh, I want to get back into all the things I used to love and be a fan of.
1: So mm-hmm. I started
0: re-watching old Korean dramas that I used to watch. I started um, following Korean actors that I used to follow and being like, where are they now? Like 10 years later, um, I, I started yes. listening to Korean music again. So I've been listening to like Korean rock Ooh. music, Korean hip hop music, Korean pop. Cause you have to. Blackpink for the win. That sounds and- so tight. Korean oh variety shows so I, I my family and I are a huge fan of Korean variety shows which are like the game shows the reality shows uh because they typically have Korean celebrities ah. in them and the and the whole point is like to oh. do uh like, basically like cheat your way through the game be as funny as possible through the game do whatever you can to be comedic humorous and be on screen as long as possible <laughs> um and we love it we don't I care mean, if they're cheating and lying. For entertainment, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's what we've been doing. We and um I guess for reference, if if you don't have any like Asian media apps, um, on Netflix, we watch Busted, which is one of those Korean variety shows, and mm. Space Sweepers, which is a movie, a Korean movie, but to be honest, it actually has quite a few nationalities and languages in it. Like, it's people from all over the world, cool. and they're all living in this, like, post-apocalyptic space world, and they all have translators, so they all talk in Ooh. whatever their la- their native language is, and then it translates to the other person in whatever Tight. their native language is. Yeah, but also probably really hard to navigate. <laughs> yeah, so wow, that's a movie to you watch. Should say- we
1: should do, like, a, a social media post on all of this for people who need ideas Ooh, and like okay. new things to add to their digital diet I got that so would be much. awesome because it's funny well it's it's funny because it feels like you and I did something very similar because I also mm. turn to media to celebrate but also just like totally give all of my media watching over to a uh, uh, to entertainment that is is just not familiar to me Um, I got a little boring with American media, like American TV. I hate to say that. And um, prior, like a couple of months ago, I got really into French films. And so over the weekend, yeah, weird. And so over the weekend, I I did a deep dive. I've been looking to fill my half hour family comedy that Schitt's Creek has left a void in. So I started watching Kim's Convenience. And I am full-blown obsessed <laughs> i love it it is so funny i think technically that's a korean canadian show yes if we're getting real so. technical
0: here mm-hmm.
1: um but it's in its like fourth or fifth season and it's yeah. fucking hilarious
0: and there's a play version really yeah my um one of my best friends he was in the play version in seattle
1: that's cool mm-hmm. that's tight i've never heard of a a show crossover into theater. So that's really exciting because I'm like a theater nerd at heart. But um mm. I was pumped when I discovered Kim's Convenience. It's super funny for anyone that that is looking to fill the void that a shits creek or just like a late night 30 minute uh comedy. Yeah. If you're looking for a new one, a definitely mix. check out Kim's Convenience. It's awesome. And you can binge it because there's so many episodes. So that's the first thing. And then also um I did a deep dive into director and filmmaker Chloe Zhao's body of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if that name sounds familiar to you guys, but you can't quite place it, she was the director who won the the Oscar for Best Director this year for her film Nomadland. She's the first woman of color to nab that award. And I was like, right? And I was like, look... I'm already down with this woman. She accepted an Oscar in tennis shoes. Go girl. <laughs> and, and No Lynn was like really beautifully haunting and and um like polite like like pleasingly meditative if you will. Oh, and I was, okay. Yeah, there was an interesting feeling I had watching her films and I was like, "I want to know what other movies you have made. What's what's the other body of work that uh that you have?" So I watched Songs My Brother Taught Me, The Writer and Daughters over the weekend loved it could not recommend them enough funnily enough i read reviews of these other three movies Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like review retraction happening like people are going back to their reviews of these movies because they were about like two and a half three star reviews but now that she's won the oscar people are like upon Uh. second watch I, and it's like uh-huh <sighs> like uh-huh. You should, it's a good movie it shouldn't take her winning an oscar to give you a second watch Seriously? to change your mind that's like bullshit um <laughs> little tangent eye i'm roll. sorry dramatic eye roll <sighs> right Ugh. exactly uh and then i'm reading a book called minor feelings uh minor feelings an asian-american yeah. reckoning by kathy park hong who's a poet and a writer and a friend of mine recommended that book to me and it's okay. really amazing so that's how I'm celebrating. It looks like stay tuned to our Instagram where we'll be putting these recommendations up. If you yeah. Are looking to deep dive. If you are looking to shake up your digital diet, we are here with answers for you.
0: Got um, millions of recommendations. Right.
1: So, yeah. So that's how we're <laughs> celebrating so far. If if Katie and I discover a new way, we'll let you know. May is a, a longish month, I think. Yeah. It's 31 days, right? Yeah. 31. 31 days to celebrate, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. Please get comfy, subscribe, stay a while. We would love to keep connecting with you. And if you're a return listener, welcome back. It's good to be in your ears again. Katie, I'm really pumped for today's episode. <laughs> it's a great idea. Tell us what we're talking about.
0: Chopsticks in America.
1: <sighs> and
0: by America, we're talking about the United States, of course. <laughs> I feel like I have to emphasize because there's multiple Americas. <laughs> so oftentimes we associate chopsticks as this eating utensil you know made of wood plastic metal you know it varies in the united states we may see wooden chopsticks at korean barbecue restaurants usually metal chinese restaurants japanese sushi restaurants hawaiian restaurants even americanized restaurants like chinese food buffets Corporate franchise sushi restaurants, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Even Thai restaurants, which I guess are, um, they don't always use chopsticks, I've heard. I don't know if that's true or not, so correct Mm. me if I'm wrong. But um, anytime I go to a Thai restaurant, they always have chopsticks. And I don't know if that's accurate or not, authentically accurate. But anyway, on an average visit, we Mm. may arrive at a restaurant. We may see chopsticks on the table and we might not see a fork or a spoon anywhere. And some people don't think twice about this. Others might feel anxious, might feel frustrated trying to use an eating utensil that may require more focus, more effort uh, than using a fork or a spoon. Mm-hmm. So I thought we would talk about it. Um, so Alana, how do you yeah, feel about Yeah, it's chopsticks? worth talking about.
1: Yeah. Okay, so as it stands right now, May 2021, my chopstick skills are a very solid and respectable seven. On a scale of one to 10. Nice. That being said, I have to call myself out because prior to starting this show, they were not that tight. And I was like, okay, girl, (laughs) you cannot do a show catering to the audience that you cater to, and your chopstick skills are whack. That's unacceptable. (laughs) That, like, you will look like a chump and a moron if you don't tighten this up. So I watched YouTube videos to essentially, like, uh, um, strengthen my skill. And not those sure. YouTube videos that are what well, I, what I think are like racistly titled, like how to mm. use chopsticks like Mr. Miyagi. I'm like, oh, no, I can't. Like, I can't. My soul can't not handle that. like the Kung that. Fu Panda. Yeah. Or like how to eat chopsticks like an, how to use chopsticks like an Asian. I'm like, I can't, can I just have a normal how to use chopsticks? Like, like, let's let's take the. Um, The Like this person, this very specific cultural uh, uh, association with it, when in reality, I feel like chopsticks are a great everyday utensil. I always have a pair of chopsticks in my car. I'm one of those people that it packs for just in case. So I always Mm. have an emergency pair of eating utensils just in case I'm on... The 405 and I want to eat my sushi. But yeah, like in general, chopsticks, they're they're really compact. You can use them to eat mm-hmm. a lot of different foods, not just Asian food. And so and cook my with them. hard Yeah, exactly. Which I think I only used, I only cook use them to cook bacon when I would fry bacon on the <laughs> stove. I now bake my bacon. But yes, they I mean, I do feel like chopsticks get relegated to just being. Uh, an Asian food utensil but it's a really useful mm. utensil for lots and lots of food. Um, yeah. And I also, I, I'm one of those people that if I go to a restaurant with cultural or ethnic food, mm-hmm. I will not be the person that's like, no, 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 I can't. These, eating with chopsticks, it just, it scares me. I don't know how to do it. So instead of me respecting your culture, I'm just going to put my pride first. That's mm. whack. I liken that to getting Ethiopian food because you mm-hmm. eat it with a spongy bread called injera and you obviously like e- use your hands and spongy bread. And I, I kind of equate it to that, where if I mm-hmm. go to an Ethiopian restaurant, and I see people using a fork. I'm like, what the fuck? Like you're in an Ethiopian food restaurant, like respect the culture and the way that the food is, yeah. consumed, you know? Yeah,
0: because sometimes it's so, easier or better that way.
1: I just feel like it's the thing. I think it's the right thing to do. I I, I think putting mm. one's personal pride over respecting an entire culture and ethnicity is just really unacceptable. Like my spirit can't take it. Yeah. And I am also the person who will be in any sort of ethnic restaurant. Let's say it's a Japanese restaurant. Let's say it's an Ethiopian restaurant. And if I do see someone with a fork, I'll be like, hmm. Look at that person using that fork. Now, they know they came to this restaurant. They know they should be ashamed of themselves. Like, I am that person. I'm that messy person. Full stop. Oh,
0: that's so interesting. <laughs>
1: I don't think... What are yours?
0: Yeah. Well, that's so interesting because I feel like everyone I'm surrounded with doesn't have that opinion. So that makes me rethink oh, everything. Oh, tell me yeah. more. Yeah. I mean, because I just think of, I mean, we eat out at teriyaki well i mean first of all i should mention i live in an area that originally didn't have much, much like any cultural anything aside from very americanized food got it got first it, of all it. there's Gotta a little bit it. more now um but not a whole lot and what's funny is all of the Americanized teriyaki places are all run by Korean people saying that they're selling Chinese and Japanese food. <laughs> so it's Aww. always fun growing up being like, oh, Got they're it. Korean because I understand what they're saying behind the screen. Ooh. But Got everything it. on the menu is not Korean at all, which is fine. I mean, so it's, it's a little it's bit teriyaki. of a cultural
1: quagmire there. Yeah.
0: It's quote unquote teriyaki, Americanized teriyaki. Um But yeah, I don't think anybody ever talked about, yeah, nobody ever talked about like, oh, this is more about your pride than it is about you respecting this culture and Mm. ethnicity and their food and the way that they, you know, handle their food, um, serve their food, have you eat the food. Um, That was never a conversation that anybody I ever came in contact with had. So I just never thought about that. But it's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Even um even, you know, being married into a Japanese family now, I mean, it's just never something that we talked about. I mean, sometimes they use chopsticks, sometimes they don't use chopsticks. Really depends on the food and like, you know, certain foods do are made to be used by chopsticks. And other foods, maybe not, especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to scoop it onto somebody else's plate. And there are Korean foods yeah. that are like <laughs> meant for spoons, you know. So there are certain instances where sure. you switch between sure. the utensils, um, and it, it always it always baffles mm-hmm. me now when I when I get bibimbap, for instance, which is the Korean you know rice um, mm. rice and veggie dish, because the right. term means mixed rice and it's meant to be like one of those throw everything in the kitchen sink dishes in and you mix it all up huh. and you just scoop it, it all in with the spoon <laughs> it's just so much easier so there huh. there are things like that but then Interesting. but then when i order it i get chopsticks and i'm like you can't Got scoop it. it in as quickly <laughs> and as much <laughs> <laughs> as a spoon <laughs> not that that's the point of course
1: it, it's but it does force like, you to slow down for sure
0: yeah which i guess is a good thing and i am, a, I am someone eat. who yeah i am someone who typically does eat on the slower spectrum where i'm like the last person but ah, that particular dish it's like just it. so much easier you can get bigger like spoonfuls because it is rice and veggies everything's separated sure. but um yeah there are things like that i mean for me that was off topic for me um i have a complex relationship with chopsticks i will just say that um sometimes i'm good at them especially with wooden chopsticks i feel like i'm a lot better with wooden chopsticks than i am with metal chopsticks and that's just been my experience of like going to Mm. korea and trying to eat uh naengmyeon which is the cold noodle dish (laughs) and Using metal chopsticks in a metal bowl with cold noodles just slips right out every, uh, every single time. Flick. And I'm like, oh, I, these see dang, I see these that. Dang I see that. I see that. ice cubes and these dang noodles mm-hmm. and these dang metal chopsticks. <laughs> like, just get on here. But um, if we're looking at wooden chopsticks and we're looking at like rice or meat or something like that, yeah, I'm totally great. Everything's Easier. good. Yeah. Dollar. So it depends, um, but usually, no matter what, I can kind of like act like I'm doing okay and like I'm doing decently and I'm not struggling. <laughs>
1: so nobody ever,
0: it. yeah. So nobody ever questions <laughs> it. Um, at least that's how I've been sure, at like cream sure. barbecue places. Nobody has no idea. I'm just like, yeah, it kind of fell on my plate, but I I put it there. It's it's good. <laughs> um, but so, so that's no why I chose this topic. It. <laughs> yeah, no one's looking. That's that's I why I chose it. this topic because there's so many, yeah, there's so many um there's so many different types of experiences with chopsticks. And I in particular wanted to kind of talk about and maybe talk through because I'm still processing what the chopstick relationship is like for Asian Americans because I feel like like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier there is like this stigma and expectation specifically for Asian Americans that is not always assumed up of everybody else. So I thought we could all totally, unpack it definitely. together.
1: Let's unpack it. Let's, let's, let's unpack it. But before we do, let's put our money where our mouth is, shall we? Yes. Okay, so we're going to shake up this segment for the next month because, as we know, it is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So all of the businesses that we are going to feature this month, they are all going to be Asian American and Pacific Islander owned businesses i will get back to featuring black businesses in june but we want you to have as many ways to celebrate as possible as many ways to show your love and show your support for asian americans and pacific islanders and for asian american business owners and pacific islander business owners so yeah here we go i chose so young on instagram they are at so young inc inc So Young is a female-owned brand of thoughtfully made lifestyle goods on a mission to make personal wellness stylish, sustainable, and self-empowering. So Mm. I love a great starter story. This company absolutely has one. The company's owner, Christine Choi, got clean from a drug addiction over 20 years ago, which put her on the path to healing, leading her to start the company which this company is her vehicle for tapping into her inner resilience and helping her push past the boundaries Mm. of what she thinks she's capable of. Full stop. Mm. I'm going to support you. Like, love that. Um, The company started out as a diaper bag brand. And so that's actually how I stumbled upon So Young. I was looking for a diaper bag to gift to a pregnant friend for her baby shower. And, you know, when you like Mm. gift shop for other people. You know, you like shop for yourself as well. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So Young makes really chic lunch bags and backpacks. Lunch bags for kids and adults, let me say. Backpacks, beauty pouches, cooler bags, wine coolers, and legit the most adorable ice packs you will ever lay your eyes on. I never thought that I would call an ice pack adorable, but So Young has (laughs) proved me wrong. Um, Yeah, and I just can't underscore how chic and stylish these everyday items that we're forced to use and look at are so i loved their beauty pouches so much i grabbed one for myself and i put it in my travel bag but check out the line at soyoung.ca what you got katie oh that's different okay
0: yeah i chose the black lay tattoo studio Hmm. We're getting a little bit risque. And um, you can find them on Instagram at the Black Lay, L E I tattoo. And funny enough, I actually came into contact with this company for work, (laughs) for my job at at my college. The Black Lay Tattoo Studios in Washington State, and they focus on contemporary Polynesian tattoos. Cool. Which is really cool. So, Leilani the artist and CEO of Black Lay, fuses their upbringing, hula studies, and creativity to create a tattoo special and fitting for each client. They said they wish to honor those before them in creating contemporary and traditional tattoos while also infusing their own experiences and knowledge along the way. And according to the website, they have free consultations and reserve weekends for those who are traveling from outside of washington state so i imagine they probably get a lot of clients Ooh. outside of the state so they yeah they're
1: flying in maybe but they're building awesome. their their vacation around it that looks tight yeah i think they um, yeah i we think will they have, links have things to, like that sweet we'll have links to both of these in show notes maybe you want to get yourself a cute little cooler bag for the summer and then pop on over to washington state and get your tattoo. <laughs> If that is what you yeah. want to do, we will provide links to both of these businesses in show notes. If you do that, please let us, Katie and I know, <laughs> please let us yeah, know. send us a picture. Swag. We want to see the tattoo. <laughs> please tag us. Um, okay, Katie, take us on this journey. Tell us, uh, set, set us up with this. I love how you set this up. So I'm giving you the floor because I do think this is a really important okay. topic that no one talks about nearly enough
0: for real like yeah there's so much okay so let's just get it right in so I wanted to start because I thought it would be funny I want to you don't have to laugh though it's okay I want to start <laughs> with a chopsticks fun fact cool <laughs> because I didn't know there were chopsticks fun facts I didn't know that was a thing um mm-hmm. and I'm sure many of us probably don't but I thought it would be fun so chopstick fun fact Using chopsticks involves over 30 joints and 50 muscles in the fingers, wrists, arm, shoulders, as well as thousands of nerves. Talk about hmm. a workout by eating food, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like I should eat chopsticks, use yeah. chopsticks more.
1: Well, it's like you're burning calories as you're eating. Yeah. If, if you think about it like that. Yeah.
0: So if that's a good incentive, I mean, throw <laughs> out your pride. Are. Because, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: Sorry.
0: As, yeah. So as an Asian American in America, there are certain microaggressions and stereotypes that are literally thrown at you. And one of them is this ability to use chopsticks with ease. Emphasis on with ease. And it goes both ways. So people who don't identify as Asian American may unconsciously assume anyone who may look Asian and by looking Asian, typically it's East Asian and um, assume that anyone who looks Asian may be able to use chopsticks with no difficulty. People who identify as Asian American may also unconsciously assume the exact same thing. I've seen it a lot as an Asian American. I've gone into Asian identifying restaurants like Korean restaurants, Chinese restaurants, Indian restaurants run by Asian restaurant owners and workers who automatically give me chopsticks without a second glance because they just assume Mm. we're both Asian and we both use chopsticks. And I've also been in situations where my Asian friends and I purposely, yeah. yeah. And um, there've been situations and I can give you specific examples where I walk into a restaurant with an Asian friend or friends where we purposely ask for a fork and the fork is only given to the token white person in our group. It's like, you see me eye to eye asking you, for oh. multiple ch- multiple forks, and you only give us one, and you directly sure. hand it to the white person. So
1: I have a. Qu- can I follow- ask a follow up question to this? Yeah. Because yeah. do you think that happens? Because do you think that happens because the restaurant owner assumes that like you're ordering the fork for the white person? Like is that? Yeah, that but happens? I
0: don't really understand how getting how requesting like two or three forks equates to only one. I get but that. Yes, I okay. do think that. Yeah, yeah okay. I cool. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so, that I mean, I know it goes both ways. Her. I've done it. Other people have done it to me. I mean, it. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I understand. And I, I, know I mean, there, big ups to is... you and your friends. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was gonna say big up to you and your friends for being disruptors, for being willing to be like, <laughs> no, we're going to bulk a convention and 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 use forks like I, you know, I really appreciate a disruptor spirit.
0: there was there's a it was a time in my life and probably in my asian friend's life where we just weren't there yet at the chopstick like we were got it the avoiding you know at that avoidance stage where you're trying to break that you know stereotype and and go against it by not doing it and not learning it on purpose yeah so Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of where that was um yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's pressure, you know, to correctly use chopsticks with ease. And sure, if you don't identify as Asian, sometimes maybe people will be shocked or surprised if you if you specifically don't know how to use chopsticks. But also oftentimes, in my experience, uh, witnessing this, you also get a pass. Um, but I feel like as an Asian identifying American, we don't often get that pass. I mean, sometimes, but most of the time, no. <laughs> um, for if, So as an Asian yeah. identifying American, if I express or show that I don't know how to use chopsticks, I essentially get scolded like nine out of 10 times. Like, I
1: mm-hmm. can't believe you don't
0: know how to use chopsticks. Like, you're Asian. You should know how to do this. Blah, 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 right? So I specifically want to talk about this topic mm-hmm. because one, I haven't seen or heard anyone else do it. Maybe I'm not looking hard enough. I don't know. And two... I think chopsticks hold a strong <laughs> symbolism that we may take for granted in society, especially, especially oh my gosh, especially in the United States <laughs> when we're you know we're talking we're talking about yeah. all of this like intersectionality, equity-minded thinking, like feminism, all these mm-hmm. things, and yet we just kind of overlook it because it's an, it's an eating utensil, right? And if you look yeah, at exactly. like literally. Yeah, if you look at any TV and film that has an Asian person eating Asian food, they always use chopsticks perfectly. Mm-hmm. There is even I the one that I think of always. is Arden Cho and Teen Wolf. She literally catches sushi out of thin air with her chopsticks. And I'm like, I don't think I don't huh. think I could do that, to be honest. And uh <laughs> i don't know if she don't could do feel like either, you to, honest, have to but uh you
1: super don't have to
0: yeah <laughs> i was like i feel like that's a huge that's a huge like pressure on me now like i feel like if someone drops their sushi i have to catch it with my chopsticks
1: <laughs> Ooh, with the, the like chopsticks, do you don't you... <laughs> yeah yeah oh my gosh in fact you can just um, act like you don't see it falling at all <laughs> yes
0: i should just put i should just look away <laughs> I will do that next time if that yeah, ever happens. But um, yeah, TV film, yeah. <laughs> ugh, TV and films, huge, huge um, offenders. And then anytime you visit an Asian restaurant, an Asian country, or an Asian family household, like every Asian family household, including my own, I I'm not you know, um, out of you know out of this equation. Um, this seems to have chopsticks. I don't know if that's true or not. Of course, I don't I've never I've not been in every single Asian household, but (laughs) all the ones that I have personally been to, they always have chopsticks. It's like, it's okay if you don't have chopsticks, but I haven't yet witnessed that.
1: Huh. I see. I see. Interesting. I mean, would it would it put salt in a wound to tell you that, like, I don't know, I feel like my household has chopsticks, like my boyfriend's parents house has chopsticks i mean they're a very useful tool and like eating utensil yeah. but i see your point i see the point that you're making
0: i think they should yeah i think they should either be in everybody's household or and or they should not only be in every asian household like it should be something that everybody has or that we take off the expectation that it's only an asian household and that like some people here and there who don't identify as Asian do and don't have them.
1: That doesn't make okay, sense. Okay. But All right. Start that revolution, like we should just girl. Not
0: assume. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you well, this I feel like something like a walk is not going to make sense.
1: <laughs> I get yeah. you. Well, I also feel like something like a walk is something that a lot of people, not just Asian people, mm-hmm. but American households, has and so it is one of those things mm. where it's like, well if a walk is a go-to cooking utensil, why wouldn't then chopsticks be a go-to eating yeah. utensil? Right? Like like yes. put put yeah. one with the other sort of a thing. Yeah, I agree. I though don't know if if making it sort of an all or nothing thing is going to be the change (laughs) that we're going to immediately see. No, no, no,
0: no, definitely not the call to action. Yeah, we're not going to have that as the call (laughs) to action for sure.
1: (laughs) Well, let's talk about the history of chopsticks, because I didn't realize it had as vast of a history as it did, but it does have a pretty fascinating one. Yeah. So let's get into it. This is as per Smithsonian Mag. So according to the California Academy of Sciences, which houses the Wright's collection of food technology, chopsticks, were developed around 5,000 years ago in China. When resources became scarce around 400 BC, crafty chefs figured out how to conserve fuel by cutting food into smaller pieces so it would cook more quickly. The new method of cooking made it unnecessary to have knives at the dinner table. Here's my favorite part. The ancient philosopher and vegetarian Confucius also contributed to the practice of removing knives from the table through nonviolent teachings. They mm. believe knives did not belong at the table, since people often associated knives as weapons made for war and violence. And mm-hmm. as the Smithsonian Mag website points out, Confucius may have helped cement the chopsticks' role as China's preferred food utensil and ensured countless embarrass- and and ensured countless embarrassing Western date moments in future millennials. Yep. That's right. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) Can't avoid that. But I mean, (laughs) you can practice and like do your best. Uh, By 5000 AD, chopsticks had spread to Japan, Vietnam and Korea. Early Japanese chopsticks Mm -hmm. were strictly for religious ceremonies and were made from one piece of bamboo joined at the top like tweezers. Contrary to the frequent Western misconception, Thais do not commonly use chopsticks. I think I've said Thais. I meant Thais do not currently use chopsticks. Mm -hmm. Silver chopsticks were something used because it was believed they would turn black if they came in contact with poisoned food. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah, I wonder if that if that was sort of an old wives' tale that grew into a, a belief. Uh, I'd be interested to know the, the origin of that because I have silver metal chopsticks in my car, so now I can <laughs> ward off any, like, poisonous food. But let's talk about <laughs> chopsticks in America today.
0: Yeah, so according to a 2014 study, or study done in 2014, answering the question, <laughs> how good are you at using chopsticks... 4% of Americans said they are experts, 11% said they are very good at using chopsticks, and another 19% they are fair at using chopsticks. By contrast, 43% said they are not very good or terrible, and 24% said they have never even tried to use them.
1: I have to jump in here because I wonder if that 24%, I wonder if some people in that percentage have something called okay, this is a big word. Consokekatele. Hold on, this is a very large <laughs> Do word. Do a warm up. <laughs> uh, right, conso consokekateleophobia, which is the intense irrational fear of chopsticks. I think I butchered oh. that word, but I also had no idea that that phobia actually existed until prepping this episode. So someone who is suffering from this very irrational fear, mind you, will experience extreme anxiety and is exposed to chopsticks. And generally this anxiety will crescendo into a panic attack. It is also Hmm. totally worth noting again, that this is a very irrational fear and it's believed that this fear is commonly linked to fear of Chinese and Japanese culture. Wonder I don't know if I'd call it a fun that. fact. Huh? Yeah. I
0: wonder where it stems from. Like, like the fear itself? Hmm.
1: I mean, yeah. it sounds like the fear itself stems from xenophobia, quite frankly. Hmm. it's It sounds like the fear stems from a fear of Chinese-Japanese culture. And I would assume under that culture, it's like people, ideas, art, food. So it's a symbol. And thereby... Yeah, exactly. And so thereby the extension of it is fear of chopsticks, either fear of being exposed Mm. to them, extreme anxiety, having to use them, so on and so forth. But yeah, that's one of those fears that sounds like racism, but the person just doesn't want to be like, I'm racist. Instead, I have a fear of um, chopsticks. It's very crippling and I just can't uh, be around I can't be exposed to chopsticks, which means I can't go to any sort of Chinese, Japanese, Thai, if you go to a Thai food restaurant and they use chopsticks, Korean restaurant, etc. That's what it more sounded like to me in my research and less of an actual Mm. fear of chopsticks. The object? Yeah. Got it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Okay. Exactly. Yeah, that makes more sense cuz I was right. like, uh-huh. I wonder where that stemmed from. But okay, so yeah, that makes <laughs> yeah. That makes more sense. Okay. <laughs> oh, fun. Fun things that you learn. Um, right. in a similar study. <laughs> in a similar study also conducted in 2014, and I don't know how these studies were done, 77% of Americans said they prefer to use a fork and knife when eating Asian food. So, there's that.
1: Well, let's talk about these experiences, shall we? Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I have
0: thoughts. Yeah, so, it's, okay. so I, I, th- I started with this question. Who do we expect to use chopsticks in Asian restaurants in America, specifically the United States, because that's where we are. As a non-Asian sure. identifying individual, non-Asian identifying community, did you get chopsticks or like were they handed to you did you ever get a fork?
1: Hell no. I never <laughs> got the fork ever. That was always something that my parents were very clear about I feel like, like a respect saying. other cultures <laughs> do not did put you your pride fork? before other people. <laughs> Whereas, and I feel like that I do think from a black american perspective there is a mm. lot about that choice that is backed by You know, when you have so much stacked up against you as a person of color, and people don't Mm -hmm. expect you to be very cultured, people don't expect you to know Mm -hmm. how to use uh, eating utensils that are, for some, apparently considered difficult to use. My parents were always Mm -hmm. very quick to be like, "No, you will try. Sure, you might eat a little bit slower, but absolutely, positively, you don't get." It's healthier. There you go. Yes, because you eat slower. You actually Mm -hmm. tend to eat slower with chopsticks, which means. Yeah, your belly processes it. So you generally have Mm. yummy leftovers to take home as opposed to like shoveling food in your mouth. And again, (laughs) don't get it twisted. Like my parents would look over at whatever table of people using forks and be like, ooh, mm -mm -mm, that is such a shame. Look at them
0: Mm.
1: using forks instead of chopsticks. Like how cowardly of them. And even when we got Mm. takeout. I, I think at home it was like okay, I'm going to do the chopstick thing as fast as like as, as as much as I can, and then if I just feel like it's I'm not eating fast enough or I have something to sort of move on to work wise, then I will use the fork. But my pay it was always a very clear thing of like always try the proper way. Proper way being mm-hmm. whatever that particular culture uses to consume their food. Uh, always try, never just give up and say it's too hard. I can't do it.
0: I have a question. Yeah. Have you like, what is your take on it? The opposite way of people who say, well, using chopsticks is kind of like a touristy thing for non-Asian identifying people at the restaurant where you're going into this restaurant for the full culture experience. And it it may seem like cultural appropriation or or some kind of other Where you're just trying to get that experience because you can't go to the country.
1: Got it. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, I will say that I am one of those uppity Americans that, you know, when I'm going into a cultural situation, be it a restaurant, an event, I do try and assimilate to as much of the culture as possible. I don't know if I've ever Mm. thought of it as cultural appropriation so to speak, like, in that way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I wonder if part of that is because I'm a person of color. So, so Oh, maybe. Yeah, like, me going into a Chinese food restaurant and eating with chopsticks, for me, it's like, well, yes, like, I would hope that you would, if you came to any sort of Black-owned restaurant, uh, you would also do as we eat or or not sort of be off put by our traditions but would embrace them that's the way that i see it i mean i think if we're talking about just general like americans uh reticence to to use chopsticks i guess i'm talking about the 24 Mm percent that you mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier i do think that yeah i think aside from just for some people chopsticks being a challenge to use. I think another thing that drives people to feel uncomfortable using chopsticks is this invisible, uh, is this fear of like invisible rules that Mm. they might not be aware of as a non-Asian chopstick user and fearing that they might do something wrong or do something offensive. So you know what? Let me just not try it all. And I guess when I'm Mm. thinking of, of rules Uh, some of those rules that come to mind are like never rub your wooden chopsticks together when you get the ones that break apart at the top at a restaurant or never cross Mm -hmm. your chopsticks because it's considered offensive don't leave your chopsticks sticking up vertically no matter how cute Mm -hmm. your Instagram idea maybe you know like chopsticks are not a pointing object things like Mm -hmm. that I think that I think that it scares I think there's a swath of people who if they don't know the cultural rules they'll just avoid the culture altogether so as to not offend make themselves look like a fool so on Mm -hmm. and so forth but I also feel like it's a very American thing to not want to feel dumber than the menu Mm -hmm. that you're ordering off of or the Mm -hmm. utensils that you use to eat it right like Mm -hmm. I I I put these people in the category of when these people who travel, when they go on vacation, they still eat at chain restaurants as opposed to eating local Mm. cuisine. Oh, I did that when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like know a handful of people like that and they're, you know, they don't like feeling Stupider than the menu. So, like any sort of menu in a foreign language is just always going to be off putting because they don't speak the language and therefore, or they don't Mm. understand the dishes or they can't um, imagine how a dish will come to the table or how it'll taste. And so, for them, it's Mm -hmm. like, let me just stick to what I know, sort of a thing.
0: That is such an interesting experience, though. I have done that and it's just Mm. so fascinating how it's changed tell me more so like yeah so i remember my first trip to korea we went to a mcdonald's one day and it's just so fascinating to see everybody and like how the menu looks in korean versus english and like what items they changed it was like instead mm. of um instead of was it instead of like a fish fillet or something it was like a bulgogi burger Ooh. which is delicious by the way yeah. Yeah. So they like changed all in like a katsu burger. They like changed all of their items to be Korean, like a Koreanized version of McDonald's instead of like an Americanized version of teriyaki. <laughs> sure.
1: Sure. Definitely. I bet so the Koreanized were, version yeah. of McDonald's probably tastes better than the Americanized teriyaki.
0: <laughs> Just saying. sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Depending <laughs> on what you're, depending on what you're eating off of it. But yeah, even like Starbucks, they had like a green tea uh, cake and like a green tea latte and, all of these Sounds things delicious. but it's so so pricey it's like six huh. six seven dollars per coffee got it
1: hmm.
0: or at least when what I are went, your thoughts
1: and your experiences with with chopsticks for like mm-hmm. from the perspective of someone who's asian-american like what's your stance on it or what's your journey i should say
0: yeah so as an asian-american um who did not grow up using chopsticks. Maybe I should emphasize. (laughs) I had a few different phases, kind of like, you know, a kid to a teenager. I went through different phases with chopsticks. So initially, I was sort of avoiding chopsticks because it kind of like every time I went to an Asian grocery store, I would avoid the people who worked there because they would look at me and start speaking to me in a different language. And I'm like, I don't know this language. Uh. I don't know if you speak English. I am just going to run away because because I can't converse with you (laughs) or like I would pretend that I just didn't know they were talking to me. So I did the same thing with chopsticks. I was like, I am growing up as a, you know, I look Asian, but I am growing up in a white household. So I identify more white than Asian and so I'm just going to avoid this and I'm just not going to engage at all. Sure. And then I'm just going to be like, well, I was just never introduced. No one ever like gave them to me. So that's that's how it which is not true. I, I definitely was given the chopsticks at every event and every sure. restaurant. But but also yeah, so if that was it's my not initial
1: forced regularly in your household. That could be really difficult. Right. Growing yeah, up. yeah, and, and that's kind of. Yeah, I get that. Yeah.
0: My, my parents would push it, but it only ever came up if you know, we were at a, uh, we were eating Asian food at an Asian restaurant, cooking Korean food. So it it didn't really come up that often. Um, But then it kind of shifted. So um, then I got to a point where I was like, wow, like, this is so cool. And it makes me different and unique. And I should learn it because of these reasons. And because this is my heritage. Um, so then I, I kind of was like, every chance I got, I would try and use chopsticks. Like, oh, can I use chopsticks for this? Maybe I should try using chopsticks for that. And then we, you know, that that was when we got chopsticks. Um, and then, you know, I started to get better at it, uh, to the point that I could act like I was really good at it,
1: (laughs) whether or not I actually was. Hey, sometimes half the battle is showing up.
0: Yeah. And the, and the interesting part for me was, um, In my teen years, I went to Korea with my friends, which was different than my first time as a child going with my family. Mm. And there is this point where a lot of Korean places have chopsticks, of course, in Korea, and you're trying to use them more frequently, like literally like every meal. But then there are some people who don't care about their Korean heritage and their Korean um, identity and whether or not they're acting like quote unquote acting Korean and they do really well at all these things right and like for me I'm someone who has to try yeah, okay. and practice to do well I can't just like do it once and be great at it like some, it. some people and so it's sure. like oh damn, sure. like, I wish I could yeah, just yeah definitely yeah it's like I wish I could just like kind of just take it up and not have to practice like like I did um so it's kind of jelly about that but it was it was okay it was okay um and then I met my husband who is a uh, Japanese American and <laughs> learned that I should just accept what I'm good at and what I'm not good at and what I can learn and what I can learn to do because my husband is that person who is perfect mm. at everything, <laughs> ah. can do everything the first time and get Got it, perfect. it. Like we went, um, the one example I always, I always say is we went to my grandparents and they're cowboys the cowboy cowgirl whatever you want to phrase it they have horses a barn all this stuff and we went there and I think it was his first time meeting them and I'm sorry if that term offends anyone and um there was a horseshoe we had like a horseshoe game and oh, cool. my husband my husband had never played horseshoes before but he did like decently well for a first-timer in comparison ah. to my family who does it all the time <laughs> and I'm like oh. and, and there's many yeah. other examples where I'm like oh why do you have to be so good at these things? Why can't right, you? Right, right. <laughs> sure, <laughs> like, sure. And for me, I'm the opposite, where I'm like not good at anything until I like do it and practice it mm-hmm. and learn how to do it and practice it. Then I'm okay. But I'm never good right off the bat, which is which is normal, right? I, we can say sure. for some people that's normal. And so, and so
1: I'm like, well, I just have
0: to accept it. Like it is what it is. <laughs> but opposite.
1: it's kind of amazing what love will like make you learn right because oh yeah i became a really good loser (laughs) oh or that too you know (laughs) love inspires you to learn new things love inspires you to be a sore (laughs) loser okay
0: (laughs) i mean i'm not a sore loser i'm definitely a good loser i take it really well Well, that makes one of us (laughs) i'm also not overly competitive so i think that probably helped me
1: got it well, I mean, in terms of using chopsticks, seeing your husband, who I would, I can only imagine, frustratingly so, is like, who's good at everything. It's like, oh, great. And you're good at this. And I suck at this. But it probably also motivated you to get better at it, even if you also develop being a sore loser at the same time. <laughs> Just maybe. saying. Yeah. Just Obviously, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> can be two sides of a very similar coin. Oh, yeah. And that was of my course. fiance and like teaching me how to drive. Like, I didn't learn how to drive, but. I was going to be dumped by him if I didn't learn. So, like, you know, I had to learn <laughs> to drive. You know, i oh, just dang. saying. Love makes you do <laughs> crazy things. Oh yes, that's for sure. Well, let's transition this into a call to action, shall we? Because I yeah. think that your journey bleeds perfectly into this.
0: You want to okay, take it away and go. start,
1: or would you like me to?
0: I'll start. So, um, let's see here. I don't have my notes. So finding a call to action, first of all, was a challenge for both of us. Yep. <laughs> we should probably start yeah. there. And there was like a lot of things of what would be considered a call to action. What what would that even look like in regards to chopsticks, which is a eating utensil? Mm-hmm. And so in doing research, we came across different things. So one of the things that we came across is a 2019 article by a writer named Jean Tang if I'm saying that correctly, called does not knowing how to use chopsticks makes you make you any less Asian? And they use this tactic of getting ahead of the narrative, which I think is really smart and something that needs to be done, especially when we're talking about intersectionality and equity minded thinking. And then we're not applying it to the simplest of things, which is how you eat and what you used to eat with. (laughs) Like, yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think that I think that is amazing.
1: Yeah, I think that, as you were saying earlier, this expectation of I'm an Asian American. There's this expectation that I'm supposed to be uh, that I should be excelling at the usage of chopsticks. And I Mm. like that she was like, you know what? No, I'm going to flip this. I'm going to get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to call out my. My flaws are what I'm getting good at or what I'm learning before anyone yeah. else can scold me. Because as you were talking about earlier, like if you get ahead of a narrative, it's a lot harder for someone to scold you about that thing. If you are the person yeah. who says, yeah, I'm really bad at, u- at using chopsticks, I'm getting better, but I'm, I'm not so great now. It is then very hard for someone to turn around and be like, oh, my God, you can't use chopsticks. It's like, yeah, I just <laughs> said that. Like, uh, yeah. Uh huh. I heard get with you. the and program. It, Listen. Yeah. <laughs> and then at that you can like throw the label back on them. Like, you know, like you're going to scold me. But what about this? I'm getting better. I'm right. accepting the thing I'm not good at. But you are shaming me into being good at something that you assume I should right. be, which leads me to my second to, to the second call to action, which is never judge a book by its cover. Don't assume that because someone is Asian American, they are proficient at using chopsticks. Don't assume that someone because someone is black, they can fry you chicken. Like these are all crazy Ugh. assumptions that shouldn't be made. And also shame doesn't or shaming someone doesn't make someone want to do something or get better at something. We learned this when it yeah, came anything to wearing really shuts face you down. masks. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like screaming at people who didn't wear face masks did not make them wear face masks more. Like, it just shamed <laughs> them into not wearing face yeah. masks because that's what they were doing already. Yeah. And I think it's the mm-hmm. same thing here. Let's not shame our loved ones. Funny thing that Jean mm-hmm. also mentioned in that article was that she was taught to use chopsticks by a white friend of hers. And I could only imagine oh. how off putting I think she used the word humbling, but I think what she really meant to say was off putting. So words a big bird. If you are a white person listening to this show and you have an Asian friend who's not great at using chopsticks, do them a favor and do yourself a favor. Stay in your lane and don't feel like you <laughs> need to help them. You just worry about yourself in this context. Mm. Just saying, I think it's it's I think, as you were saying earlier, sort of seeing everyone um, from a really equal perspective and not making someone feel less than because they don't know something is probably Mm -hmm. the best case. I mean, also, if you find a dope pair of chopsticks and you know that a friend of yours has a hard time eating chop, eating with chopsticks, maybe buy him a sick ass pair of them. Maybe that would inspire some sort of learning to 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 brush up on their chopsticks game just a thought yeah yeah any other call to action Do you want to throw else. in here
0: you know i don't think i have anything else i think that that okay. is a good a good way to go and just yeah everybody well, has their own story everybody has their own upbringing yeah
1: how did the processing go do you yeah, feel it went better. pretty
0: well, actually. Um, good. I feel better.
1: Yeah, I feel like I got my, like, brand
0: out. And I also felt like I learned new perspectives. Went both I ways. love.
1: I'm doing, like, a podcasting clap, which is, like, bringing my hands <laughs> to golf and The inch- golf clap. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The quiet clap. I'm glad that this was good for you and it helped you process uh, these feelings. That's what we're here for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is so nice.
1: Well, that's our show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week. Uh, This is the Black and Yellow Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram. We are also on Instagram if you want to follow us separately. My name is Alana Webster, but on the gram, I'm at Renegade of Fun.
0: And I'm Katie Ohashi, and you can find me on Instagram at the Diz Villain Scholar.
1: And we've got some Diz content coming up and coming down the pipeline. Also, for anyone who's like, when are we going to start talking about some Disney stuff? We got it. We know Cruella's coming out. We know Emma Stone is doing doing her. We will talk about that when the movie comes out, which is not too far from now. So uh, with that, thank you so much for tuning in. Please do not forget to rate and review the show. It helps the show grow and reach more people. We would love it if you would give us a five star. You don't even have to put any words after that. A five star is more than good. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back next week. Bye guys.